Hello, hello. This is Tracy Harrell, and thank you for joining. It's bigger than me. And today, boy, is it bigger than me. We have a room full of individuals here. And let me just tell you a little bit about what we're doing. Bigger Than Me is simply designed to change the world. Wow. Pretty big, right? Can't be silent. It's radio. You have- <laughs> Come on, people. We're all nodding our heads. Come on, people. Nodding your head. It is video, too. <laughs> it is video also. So, literally, I am doing this show uh, simply because my path was made clear. I don't know if I've mentioned, I've mentioned this on other shows, but Oprah's my spiritual godmother, right? Her most recent book is called The Path Made Clear. And there's some type of perfect piece when you know what your life's purpose is. This is what I was meant to do. This is the work that I love to do. My brain was perfectly orchestrated to incorporate. I literally have read a thousand books, like over my lifetime. And a hundred books are just like my favorite that I've read multiple times. And I'm, I've narrowed it down to my top 40, right? And I'm writing my own book, right, to say, what are those lessons learned? What are some stories and interviews where we can help people live their best life? How to live your best life. So I'm basically integrating all these books, all these shenanigans. It's for one purpose, to help others to be their best. How exciting is that? Sounds good. (laughs) And why are you all here? I got some people here who are going to introduce themselves. And we've talked about a number of books. We've we've started with The Secret, The Law of Attraction. We've talked about my, um, I have a huge crush on Deepak Chopra. And this is one of my other favorite books. It's actually called... Deepak's Seven Laws of Spiritual Success. And it's one of those that builds on the secret. It talks about all the things that we know, right? The law of giving, the law of karma, the law of dharma is finding your purpose, the law of, you know, detachment, which was probably the hardest one for me because I'm a bit of a control freak. You're a PM. Things are supposed to go this way. Um, but everything in this book, he says it's a practical guide to, to the fulfillment of your dreams. And it's true. And so what we're going to do today is Again, I'm writing my book number two. I'll go back just a little bit. We're going to talk about how do we help others to achieve our dreams through our subject today is truth. And transformation. Truth, transparency, and transformations. And so we have some people here who are willing to tell a little bit of their stories, to talk about their truth, and really talk about the transformations that they've either made or that they're making. And and. Um, NJ and I are here because we're both in the process of some transformations, right? And we're going to talk about where we are and we're going to, I'm going to go on that process live with you on the show because book number one, by the way, um, that I wrote is called Our Journey, Our Dreams, The Art and Science of Being Aware and Getting There. I've had a radio show with Hubbard Radio for two years. That contract ended as I ended my book. Or so I thought, because <laughs> God said, you're not quite done yet. Like the writing is done. It's synthesized. It's beautiful. But I have some a little bit more work to do myself. And so that's kind of what this little evolution is. So I'm giving myself about two and a half months to really make sure that everything I wrote, I'm putting into practice. Right. Everything we know. Are you doing it? Sean, what do we say in Orlando? Don't talk about it. Be about it. Miss Duhart. So we're going we're gonna to have you introduce yourself first, and then we're going to go around. The Shonda Duhart is my oldest friend. We've known each other since, what, junior high school? Yeah. So I'm going to have you introduce yourself. That was not very exciting. Shonda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've known you for that long. I know it has not been a better rose than Shonda. But 
I'm just joking. So can you introduce yourself real quick and, and tell us what truth are you going to talk about in, in your transformation? Uh, again, my name is LaShonda Duhart. I've known Tracy since middle high, middle school. And my truth is about my weight transformation, my journey and my weight transformation. I love it. We also have, I'm going to go to um, my in-studio guest. We're going to talk to Mr. Norman. Can you introduce yourself? I love Norman. Um, and tell us who you are, what you do, and then what truth are you going to share with us? And sure, sure. Uh, hello, everybody, and Tracy. And uh, my name is Norman Sigler. I am uh, owner of a recruiting firm in Seattle. I was focusing on executive search and diversity recruiting. So my truth today... Called? What's the name of oh, your company? Oh, sorry. The company's called Clear Consulting, clear-consulting.biz. And uh, my truth is uh, codependency, mm. uh, the discovery of it, understanding what that means for me, and how I can change my life through that, through that understanding. Such a good, such a good conversation we've had. I'm so excited about that. Then I'm going to go to this guy, and then I'm going to come to you, NJ. So um, to my right, can you introduce yourself? Certainly, certainly. My name's Daniel John, and... I'm a Seattle native, born and raised. I love it. Uh, I own a gym. Uh, yes. It's an athletic performance gym called Maximum Sports Conditioning. And I have been in the, the fitness performance industry for about 20 years now. And, uh, you know, I love the topic. I think we're always in transition. Uh, you know, I think we're always transforming. I've had several, uh, both professionally and um, uh, in my own personal life. And so I'm, I'm eager to share and and. As owner of gym, I'm always dealing with folks who are in transition and transforming and uh, trying to become their best self. So I'm, I'm here to support and, and contribute. I'm, I'm excited. Thank you. I'm so glad to have you here. And then we have a returning guest, Miss Njavwa. And I can tell you, um, I, I, if you went back to the title slide of the show, the show is called It's Bigger Than Me. It's being um, sponsored by the National Black NBA Association. I didn't mention that I'm the president of the Seattle chapter of the National Black NBA Association. You don't have to be black and you don't have to have an NBA to be involved. It was started by black NBAs um, about 40 years ago. It's the largest professional organization um, um, in the nation. And actually, we have the largest diversity conference in the nation. And our, our mission is to create intellectual and economic empowerment. And so intellectual empowerment to me is this. It's like helping us, helping our people, helping all people, right, to be their best selves, to think about mental health, to think about just optimization, you know, uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, kind of getting to that self-actualization. So everything I can do to get us there, that's what I'm doing. We also were leading a, a program um, that's based on our Leaders of Tomorrow mentoring program, which we'll talk about at the end of the show. But uh, I just wanted to point out that I met Miss NJ through the National Black mm -hmm. NBA Association. Yeah. Her father, we have a partnership with his, uh, his company. Mm -hmm. the Bellevue Urban Garden, and he's been on the show as well. Mm -hmm. And he asked me to mentor NJ and, and through that process, and she's been a volunteer and just amazing, the most loving person I've met. But as a part of that process, we discovered that we're both transforming and you have mm -hmm. a different transformation than mine. Can you tell us who you are and what truth are you going to share today and, and what transformation are you in the process of? Hi, um, I'm Javwa, NJ for short. Um, I'm, I was a young single lady and um what i do i'm actually in between projects right now so <laughs> if anyone has projects for me i can help and, 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 <laughs> or and, you, and you've done almost everything you, you, you've done. done from 
I call myself a Jill of all trades. But let's be yeah. specific. So you've worked in retail, design. Retail, and high-end retail, design. Restaurant. Uh, maintenance, restaurant. Yeah, just trying construction. to Construction. Trying to find my purpose. Construction, yeah. Mm-hmm. And also ju- just trying to find my purpose. And um, being lost with my purpose led me to depend on um, just on alcohol, to be honest, um, functionally, but also dysfunctionally in the way that I really want to be. I'm in the fitness. So my transformation is really to discover ways outside of depending on the easy way out, the easy way out with alcohol and and just um yeah, f- finding uh, ways to divert from that and really be better for my community. I, I love you. I, I when I say I love you, I love each of you for being here, and that's that's really what this is about. Yeah. Um, we ha- also have Adrian on the phone, and before we get to Adrian, I just want to say that this show, um, I don't pretend to have any special skills, you know, more than I know what I'm meant to do. Right? I know that I have a brain that allows me to. I have ADHD. It's a superpower. It's a blessing and a curse, as Monk would say, right? So it's a superpower. So it's allowed me to integrate like a thousand books, literally. And, and for me, they all, it all makes sense. They're all connected. And so my book, literally in the most simple way possible, my th- actually, I'm writing three books now simultaneously. That's an ADHD superpower. So book one is Our Journey, Our Dreams, The Art and Science of Being Aware and Getting There. Book two is bigger than me. It's basically based on this concept of once you're there, once you, you, you've you grasped these basic concepts to be your best, bigger than me is about that community, now about your relationships, how are you connecting with people, right? And then and then book three is called How to Become Visible. And, and that's a little bit more of a socioeconomic, you know, kind of interaction. Um, and, and it does involve... Um, uh, some trauma and mental health and things that are even more important. Uh, since that's not my area of expertise, you guys know we've had Dr. Tart on the show. Mm-hmm. She comes on every other show, every other Sunday. And today I have another expert on the line to help us help us with this conversation. And just to clarify for those listening, this is not advice. This is my disclaimer, right? Mm-hmm. We are not dispensing medical advice. We are, you know, individuals who are trying to change the world by changing ourselves. We're being courageous enough to put it out there to say, you know what? You know, we have a story that we think can help others. And so, Adrian, we're not putting you on the spot or anything, right? We're not dispensing expertise, but we do want you to lean in at any point in time and feel free to share any any words of wisdom, right? When we come to the end, for example, and I do my my end of the show, it's going to be really like rapid fire, you know, before the end. But we, I do something called surrender and soar, which is the kind of that recap and, and lessons learned and how we can help others to be their best. So I'm going to be depending on you really heavily in that part. So get ready, but feel free to say anything at any point in time. So introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, a little bit about your credentials and um, and, and, and anything else you want to share. Sure, sure. Um, so, Carlos, can everybody hear me? Yep. yep. Yes, we, we can. Right. can hear you. So my name is Adrian Thompson. Um, I am a clinical psychologist. Currently, I am a staff psychologist for the Department of Corrections. I uh, am new to uh, Seattle or the Washington area. Me and my wife and my child just moved out here about a year ago. Um, and so I have, you know, quite extensive work in kind of trauma, kind of, a, you know, kind of behavioral change, marginalized populations. Um, is kind of where I specialize in, and I just connected. I just connected um, with Tracy, and so she invited me to come on. And I, you know, kind of listening to kind of where the flow of the show is going, this truth and transformation. I think when I think of you know the work that I do, I kind of live in live in that that middle ground, right? Maybe right before transformation, and right before you get that real truth. 
And so, like, I, I always like to think about people starting starting to aspire to something, right? And mm-hmm. I think this aspirational idea is awesome, right? Because before you can aspire, you have to think about what it is. So before you can learn to like and appreciate jazz, you have to say, you know what, I want to learn that, right? Before I can get in shape, I have to say, you know, I want to get in better shape, right? And then I go sit in a gym. I go to the gym. <laughs> I go find somebody, right? But I have to have an aspiration. And so I think, you know, in psychology, we often talk about kind of what is those goals and what are those motivations. And what I primarily start with is barriers to those, right? And so mm. I, commend, I commend the folks that are starting, have the plans, have done the transformations. But, you know, the thinking about the barrier is actually some of the hardest work. And so I, I think, you know, that that's kind of where I try to fit in today is that intersection between maybe a truth that you may have, a transformation you might be on, but really that interplay between kind of what is that truth? I think you guys all spoke to how it evolves and then what it will take to transform. And that's, a, that's an ongoing process as well. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And let me just say for the listening audience, this show is going to go really fast, maybe faster than normal. We can't we're not going to get as deep in some of the conversations as we will in for future discussions as they're as they're willing to join us again in the future. But what I wanted to represent, we said in our last show, is that we wanted to open up the phone lines. And I, and I want this to be an honest, open show where people are willing to just kind of share their stories. We're also going to, you know, open up you know, this online community as well to email and to go online. Start thinking about it. Because when I open it up, I want you to be ready. So start thinking about, I challenge you every week to think about your life and, 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 and things that you can be Truthful about on your way to the transformation. What barriers, to Adrian's point, what's holding you back from your dreams? We all know, right, what to do. Like I, oh, sorry, I'll, as I reintroduced myself, I didn't, tell, I didn't share what my truth is. So the truth that I'm focusing on is um, I have 100 pounds to lose, over at least 100 pounds to lose. And, um, Sean, while you're talking, um, we're going to go to you in a second, but I'm going to do a live weigh-in. I have a scale right here, and I have a, 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 a professional... <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who can, is, who can read a scale? Who can read a scale? <laughs> and it's seeing numbers, so so he won't be shocked. We've done this a few times, so he knows what the number is. But I think being honest with myself about this number and what it means to me is really, you know, part of my own personal transformation. Like I'm asking people in some of the diversity work that I do. I'm also a consultant, um, and some of the diversity work that I do. I'm asking people to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Right. And so I can't ask people to do something I'm not willing to do. And my little crutch, I don't like alcohol, but I love to eat and I don't eat a lot, but I grew up relatively poor. And my truth, Adrian, or the story that I used to tell myself, my barrier was um, when I was you know, growing up, I used to have to eat food I didn't like. And so success for me was being able to eat whatever I want, whenever I want to explore at any, you know, like to be able to just, you know, enjoy whatever I wanted to. That was my definition of success. So in writing my three books, I started working with an attorney to kind of trademark certain words because it's so exciting. And there's just certain things I want people to like hold on to and to like embrace. When I see a picture now of myself and, and I'm overweight, I look at it and I laugh and I say, I smile at least. And I say, wow, that's a great before picture. It's because I don't actually see myself fat. I see that's some, that's a girl who, you know, I just, I, I just don't, see myself that way and so when I weigh in it's like oh by the way you really are that number and you want to get some other place so I have to like now redefine what success means it doesn't mean I can eat whatever I want whenever I want success by the way 
has resulted in, sorry, Oprah. Success has resulted in something I'm calling a success sack. It's that upper fat roll. If anybody who has one, I have a lower one as well. There's a back roll. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. Uh, it's a problem. So that's a success sack. And you're going to help me turn my success sacks into a six pack. <laughs> He's like, damn, you just have that. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> you are <laughs> Actually, it's all me, right? Right. Think about it. It's all the stories we tell ourselves. So success can't mean you can eat whatever you want. Success has to mean you're going to demonstrate, you know, that, that, that thoughts do become things. You're going to demonstrate that mind is the way to transform and to become. So that's my new success. And so it, it's actually pretty easy. I've talked about it for a week. Last week, it's so funny because, um, Adrian, tell me, give me, give me some, some, psychology, some psychological evaluation real quick. Last week, we had a show, and I was talking about transformation and truth. Um, Christine was here with me and a few other people, and we left and went to my um, Maggiano's, an Italian Maggiano's. restaurant. Maggiano's. Correct. On the way there, I couldn't wait yeah. to eat the bread and the butter. I had um, Alfredo, um, chicken Alfredo. Um, so clearly, again, my book, The Art and Science of Being Aware and Getting There, Being Aware That I Had Some Weight to Lose did not change my actions when I got to that restaurant. So that's what we're going to be talking about today is that knowledge that, you know, being aware, knowing you have to change something is not going to help you get there. So I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to practice what I preach. I'm going to exercise, you know, the things that I've written in the book and, and optimize book number two to make sure that, you know, we're talking about all the things that we need to to get to a better place. So that's my story. We'll weigh in live and we'll talk about that later. But I'm going to jump to Ms. Duhart. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody, I know sure. I'm talking Can fast. Can I ask you a quick question? Yes, yes you may. Um, both to Adrian and Tracy. So um, you're saying that you know what you need to do. So my question would be, how do you move things from your head to your heart? Adrian, I'm fat. I ate some um, bread, butter, and Alfredo, mm-hmm. chicken Alfredo. She's saying basically she knows she drinks too much and she still does it. So help us real quick. We, we know we do things that are wrong. But how do you move that into action? Whether it's wrong or right, we know things that are not that are not um, accruing to. They're not good for us. They're not accruing to mm-hmm. our our best interest. For me, I know part of it is changing what you think. Like I had to redefine success. That's step one, and I'm still processing that. But I think really thinking about the whys and the barriers. Adrian, we're going to be silent yeah, now. Yeah. Well, well, I think the biggest piece with that is that you guys got to get an underlying at any point, right? You got to mm-hmm. get to the underlying reason of the why, right? Because oftentimes. You might say, I'm going to lose, you know, 100 pounds, and that why it might be because other people see me and they perceive me in one way, in some way, right? And that actually can't be the motivation for the behavior, yeah, right? Like, it has so. to be underlying why you want to do it, and it has to be true. Like, I want to get healthy. I want to do something. And it has to be something that you can actually invest in and find value in, right? Because if you say, you know, I need to lose some weight because I want to look good in a bathing suit, well, if you don't have anybody to to look good in a bathing suit or you don't go swimming, <laughs> then it's not really a thing that you, it's, it's just the wrong goal, right? And The and wrong why. Exactly, the wrong why. exactly. And, and, then, and oftentimes when we get to things that we may abuse, so feud and alcohol as an abuse kind of a space, we're doing too much of it, right? It's often compensating or filling a hole for something else, right? Like it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a compensation of something. And so the hardest piece is that if we are empty in a, in a space, in a kind of an idea, then we are filling our vessels with things, right? And mm. so 
if if we're not careful, getting rid of the alcohol, getting rid of the food, getting rid of whatever we're filling ourselves with without understanding why we're empty is not going to fix anything, right? And so then you will transform or you will change one vice, if you will, for another. And so it's really about doing the hard work of the why I do these things, right? Or what do I have? What, what, what don't I have to deal with when I am drinking, when I am eating, right? And so that, that's the hard work, and that's kind of where the, the aspiration be, is. Because if, if, you, if you can't say in my heart, and using your head-to-heart kind of idea, if you can't mm-hmm. say in your heart, I want to be sober, right, or I want to be at this weight, mm-hmm. then you really, you're not, it's going to be harder to get there, right? It's going to be harder because your, your goal will become difficult. It will be hard to stop doing something. And when you find you don't have something to push you over that hump, then you're going to revert back to it, and that cycle is actually going to be harder to break the next time because you've already tried it. You're going to say, well, I tried that before, and it didn't work, right? And, and so you're going to do a lot of mental beating yourself up on, on top of the kind of harmful behavior you might practice. I love it. I, I love it 100%. And as you're speaking, I'm thinking about books, right, that, that actually support what you're saying. And so what we're going to do, it's 325. And so in order for me to allow people to tell their stories, I'm going to have to leave my books alone. And again, it's, it's, it's contrary to my, um, my, my personal statement. We're going to come back to this book. This is another one of my favorite books. It's by Satya Nadella, and it's called Hit Refresh. By the way, I spent 25 years in corporate America, eight years at IBM, 14 years at Disney, and my last five was at Microsoft. And when I read this book, I thought, you know what? It is so true. Like, you know, it's a quest to rediscover Microsoft's soul and imagine a better future for everyone. And basically, you know, what I've done is I'm imagining a better future for everyone. I think there's some trans- some, some, some conversations I plan to have with Satya about Microsoft's soul and, and that transformation um, because this book really does encourage you. It, it challenges people to go out and find that thing that, you know, that is your, uh, as Oprah would say, your path made clear your life's direction and pursue that. And so, Satya, I look forward to connecting with you as well. Um, but we're going to come back and talk about this. We're going to come back and talk about a few things, but we're going to have Mike play a really brief clip of a song that I think basically is going to set the stage for each of us to come back and then talk about. Sean, we're going to come to you first. We're going to play We Are the Worlds. We can make a better day, just you and I. Like that, I, I mean, I hate to say it. When was that done? Back in the 80s? Yeah, Those words yeah. are so true. Like that's what this show is about. We are the world. We are the future. We get to decide. We get to make choices, right, to make the world a better place. And, and, and what do they say about, you know, how do you change the world? Change the world by changing yourself. And that's kind of my step one. I'm putting myself out here. I am looking for sponsors for the show. This doesn't pay the bills, by the way. But neither do my book. So I got to put it out there into the universe. Because if you believe, I believe. Support the show, see. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Tracy at madeitnow.org. Um, Sean, Miss Duhart. Yes. Are you ready? Can you tell us a little bit? about your truth and transformations. How much weight have you lost and how long were you overweight? And we're going to talk about how you got to the decision to lose weight. I was over, I've been overweight all my life. I think I came out the womb overweight. <laughs> your uh, mama would probably agree. Uh, real. Yeah. Uh, my highest weight, I was 369. I've lost 110 pounds. I'm currently about 215, so I'm not skinny and I have no desire to be. Uh, said- I grew up in a household where... Being overweight was was accepted. I was the only one that was overweight, but it, it 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 was a norm. They made me feel like, and I still feel like I was I was normal. 
and beautiful and brilliant and all those things. My mother dressed me beautifully. Beautifully. I was best dressed. You and your mom and your overweight all my life. God knows that's the truth. I mean, yes, beautiful and overweight. Like not just minorly overweight. Let's just say we're on the same page, Sean. When we met in junior high school, you were overweight. You were so, but you're such a wonderful person. It didn't, you know, like you said, you were the most confident B, as you would call yourself, uh, that, that you that, that I ever met. Yeah. So tell me, how much overweight were you even in junior high school? Junior high school. Uh, well, like I said, my, my highest weight was 369. I was clearly over 200 pounds. Over 200 pounds in junior high school. So that in gives you some some you know visual and then you decided to lose weight and you and I had this conversation a few times but you what, what made you because you you were overweight since junior high school you just had the surgery five years ago five years ago so what happened between junior high school and you deciding yes it's time for me to do something about this what I was, was the truth my best life. like I said I, I I was overweight but I like I said I didn't feel in you know, I didn't feel any less than. I felt confident in myself. I've always felt comfortable in my skin. Yeah. What, what the reality for me was, my body was failing. I, I might have felt like your I body was, was failing. Is that what you said? Moved like me. Yes. Meaning like my joints hurt. Movement was became difficult for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I went out into the world every day proudly me, but it it hurt. It took an effort to do so. Mm. And I was always of the belief that I could. You know, I made this mess of myself. I should fix it myself. So I, I tried every diet, had personal trainers. You know, I, I, I've been unsuccessful all my life at losing weight on my own. I, I love what you just said about the mental health. You said you used to tell yourself, because I think I've heard kind of thought it myself, I've made this mess myself. I need to fix it myself. I participated in one of the best weight loss programs in the nation, and I kind of thought that was cheating a little bit. I'm like, how, how am I going to be able to write a book about weight loss and say, oh, and by the way, I had a weekly nutritionist and a trainer three times a week and, and a behavioral modification coach. I went through the process. I was kind of on the edge at Microsoft, to be perfectly honest, and that, that was a, a attributing factor to me not um, – completing that program in its full fullness. But I also felt every day I went through, and I even told the psychologist, I was like, this feels like a cheat. Like, everyone doesn't have access to a nutritionist and all these things. So how do I tell and show my niece, for example, who's overweight, Sean, who's been overweight for longer than I, you know, would like to admit, both nieces. Like, how do I, you know, honestly tell them that they can do it when they're not at the pro club with chandeliers in the, in the locker room? Like, right? So, mm-hmm. so, so that... That, that mindset of, I, I made this mess myself, I'm going to clean it up, I've had that too. What what got you over that hump? When I realized that I couldn't, you know, I'd continue to make efforts to do so. I'd lose a little weight, gain more weight back, and it got to the point where I realized that, you know, seeking help outside of myself was the only option I had. I heard you say, I think, Sean, I think I heard you say something like it was either I was going to, and you decided on the surgery, and you mm-hmm. said something about it was dangerous, but you realized you were going to potentially die either way. It was a de- yeah, it was a double-edged knife. I was going to die the right I was going. I was going to risk my life lying on the table, but either way, it was imminent death. Mm. I love it. And, then, and, and, and so that was your truth. You realized, you went through the process. Um, you're not recommending it for everyone because you made a point of saying it's not easy. 
it, it, you know, you said you felt, it felt like a cheat at one point, but then it felt like, you know what, I got it. I have to do this. Anything else you want to share about your transformation, where you are now? I mean, like I said, I've lost uh, 110 pounds and I'm right at 200. I, I have no desire to be thin. My, my goal was to be healthy, to be able to move about the world pain-free. I'm there. Do I, do I still have a ways to go? Yes. Uh, would I recommend the surgery for anybody? I mean, definitely everybody needs to take their own journey, but it was, it was, the, it was the best thing for me. And the only regret I have is that I, I waited as long as I did. Wow. Wow. It's funny that you say that. I'm going to say that there's a recurring theme that I think I heard you say the same thing. P- people who make it over the transformation, I'm pointing at, um, sorry. I'm pe- uh, Daniel. <laughs> thank you. I'm pointing at Daniel or touching Daniel, Sean, right now. Um, he said those exact same words. Like, I think you may have said the same thing, too. I probably did. Right. Like, yep. like when, when people are over, when they've transformed and, and, and it clicks in their head and they, they finally get to the place where they're ready to change and they're truthful. Right. Oh, the other thing I, I mentioned every show, I, I, I build on these books. And so the book we were talking about last month was about was called The Fifth Agreement. So it's the four agreements, the same author. And it's the fifth agreement. And he talks about truth and honesty and being honest with yourself. Right. And then being honest with those around you. Right. Being a very critical thing to do um, in order to, to be free. Right. And, and other themes around letting people be who they are. And I think you told me about how your mom uh, let you do this. She didn't really want you to do it, but at the end of the day, you said you didn't tell anybody about this. This was a personal journey that you did. Your boyfriend didn't want you to do it. He liked, exactly. um, you know, what does that song say? I like, mm-mm-mm. you know, right? Your your boy, your boyfriend liked a big butt, right? Mine does yeah. too, apparently. Yeah, but I still have a big butt, so that doesn't matter. But like I said, it was it's a personal decision that I prayed about. I was conflicted for a long time, but ultimately, at the end of the day, it was what was best for me. And, uh, and and I don't regret it. Excellent. You know, the people that, that are in my circle didn't support it in the end, but ultimately realized that it was the best decision for me as well. Excellent. I, I love that. Thank you so much, Ms. Duhart. Um, um, Adrian, did you have anything you want to share for those who, again, we're not dispensing medical advice in any way, and we know that there's all kind of dangers with that procedure. But as it relates to someone losing 100 pounds, which is basically where I'm at. I was supposed to be weighing in. I forgot. Which is basically where I'm at. Anything you want to share, Adrian? Go to a wide shot real quick while I do this weigh in. Um, um. Yeah. No. I think. I mean, the 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 biggest thing again. I think for me is is the for the weight loss especially. It's going to be the barriers that you put in, in front of you to either getting ready to get away in the way of your goals, or that keep you in the in the behavior that you're already practicing. Right. Like because. There comes a point when information and science and technology and the surgeries are going to do what they're going to do. They're going to take its toll. It's going to stop you from doing this or stopping you from doing that. But you still have to have a mental space, right? And I think where you know what the the, the individual was speaking about is that she's made her her truth, if you will, is where she's at, right? She knows where she wants to be. She's had to define that for herself because if she's not careful, somebody else will define that, right? And somebody else can define it for you, especially around weight loss. And so that's the important thing is to make sure you you define, you keep your definitions to what they what you want them to be, and you don't try to change past that. Perfect. Thank you so much. So now we're going to go to um, uh, Daniel. Thank you very much, Daniel. Can you tell us a little bit about your truth? I think you were going to you were telling me about your marriage and how it was difficult for you to 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 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, before I do that, can I just chime in on a couple of things that were, have, have been said? I would love it. Oh, so by the way, brilliant information. Yeah, so by the way, this show is, is very intentional and it's also totally organic, mm-hmm. right? It's madness and shenanigans and very focused on a few things we want to accomplish. But yes, absolutely, Beautiful. totally. Yeah, so I, I appreciate um, you know, everything that, that uh, Sean said and, and Adrian chiming in and, and um, talking with NJ too. And I think one of the keys that I have seen in my experience mm-hmm. uh, with folks is it's not only recognizing uh, within ourselves you know, that, that we need to make a change. Yes. But it's also it's putting it out there and asking for some help, uh, you know, because we can't do yes. all of this on our own. I, I it's, love it's that. too difficult to do that. So asking for help. So, I mean, I love the fact that you played We Are the World. I love the fact that I'm here. I'm only here right now because of I Norman Sigler, who is sitting next to me, who is a brilliant consultant and who introduced me to Miss Tracy here because mm-hmm. I am in. A, tr- a bit of a transformation. Yes. I'm I'm very yes. passionate about empowering people and yes. inspiring people, and I've done that through athletic performance and coaching, and yes. and I'm also very passionate about my community, and um, I'm um, very um, disturbed by the opportunity gap that keeps widening, and mm-hmm. I want to see our black and brown faces everywhere. I want to see them at the table. I want to see them in every industry, and so I reached out to Norman. Uh, and said, look, you know, I've, I've been successful in one area of my life and, and uh, I want to I do more. And so, um, you know, I've gone through several transformations mm-hmm. and professionally and in my family. So you, you mentioned a little bit about my family. And, but but and before w- you do, I, mm-hmm. I do want to plug, plug Norman and the work he's doing. So Norman's coaching you mm-hmm. for your personally and for your business. And, and I know the work that I'm doing, um, you know, again, I, I'm do, I do this work. As a, as a radio show host trying to elevate our, the community, but I'm also a consultant, um, starting to be a consultant. I just left Microsoft six months ago. I wanted to finish these books. It was so important to me to get this information out there. Um, but I also focus on diversity and inclusion consulting. So any corporation that needs support, really getting there. I consider myself a bit of an expert when it comes to adaptive leadership. It's about changing the system, and we are the system. Right. And so he said you wanted to get into some diversity and inclusion things. So I will be bringing you back mm-hmm. and we will have some other conversations around DNI. It's totally separate dialogue, mm-hmm. but very important for us to have. So I just wanted mm-hmm. to let you know. Yeah. I'm yeah. in. No, I, in, I appreciate you it. You're in to help with the success <laughs> sack. Uh, we're going to take it to the next uh, level as it relates to diversity. Turning my success it. sack into a six pack. That's the thing. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. So you're going to tell us a little bit about your yeah, relationship. Yeah, and I for thought sure. that was so my beautiful. Family. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm in a, a wonderful marriage now. I've got a beautiful wife and yes. four wonderful kids. Um, and one of the biggest transitions for me was ending my, my first marriage. I'm in my second marriage. Right. And um, it was a very, very difficult thing for me to do. Um, and it was a difficult thing for uh, all parties involved. And, and I knew it was the right decision because, um, really my kids were, were suffering and I, and it was something that I needed to, to, to make happen. Um, and it was the, the best decision I've made, you know, in, in my life. And so, um, things are much better, but they're difficult. And, and like I said earlier, no matter what you're going through, whether it's trying to lose some weight or whether it's trying to stop drinking, you know, reaching out to your, your, your community, your family, those that, that are around you, that can support you, right. that's a big deal. That's, right. what, that's, that's what I did, right. and, and that's what pulled me through. So what was the reaching out? Mm-hmm. Dr. Tart, who, who joins us and is actually co-writing book number one with me, helped me with that book. She actually always says it's okay not to be okay. 
it's like feel the feelings, acknowledge truthfully where you are. And you said it was really difficult for you. Like you Absolutely. ended the marriage. Be- oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and it was, and it was, what was about that? ten years. It uh, was. It was. What was that? Very, what was that point? Because you said you could have ended it five years prior. Mm-hmm. So what was that point where you realized, okay, right? Like I have to do something now. Yeah. Again, the, the the art and science book one is called Our Journey, Our Dreams. Mm-hmm. The art and science of being aware and getting there. You said there were six years between you were actually aware. Yeah. But you didn't actually get there for six years. What was that thing? How can you help people who are, who are sitting around going, yeah, I do think this one's been over. Yeah. <laughs> Stick a fork in this one. Again, we're not dispensing I, any advice. Uh, but I also like what you said about when you're in it, you're in it, you're in it to win it. Yeah, yeah, you're you're committed, you know. And, and so I think there's feelings of failure and there's um, – you know, you, you're going through all kinds of emotions, you know, and, and um, for me, it was number one, we, we talked about honesty earlier. You know, we're all being honest here. And, and um, I wasn't honest with myself for a long time. And once I became honest, um, then I, I had to figure out what to do next. And so visual, visualization is a big part, you know, mm-hmm. uh, of my life. I have to try to visualize uh, everything that, that I do ahead, uh, you know, of, of me actually like doing that. it. And so um, I tried to visualize what my life would be like and what my kids' life was, lives would be like, you know, if, if the situation were different. And, nice. and then I reached out and got support and talked through it, and it took years. <laughs> it took years, and then um, eventually I got there. I love what you said because when, when we were talking, you mentioned you couldn't, that breakthrough for you, the true breakthrough was when you could actually visualize what your life would be like different. You had this, you married, you, you thought it was going to be forever. And so you couldn't really make that transition from being aware to getting there until you could really put a picture around a new life, a different life. You right. were honest with yourself, right. and then you put a picture around it. Right, right. That, that's kind of nugget number, yeah, you and, know, another I mean, nugget, right? Yeah, and I think Visualize. that's true, that's true of, of any change that we're trying to make. So, you know, you said that you'd like to lose 100 pounds. Mm-hmm. And so, what, you know, when, I, when folks come to me uh, and they want to make different kinds of transitions yes. in their life, a lot of it has to do with, with fitness and athletic performance. and. Yes. Um, you know, the first question I ask him is, well, what are you willing to sacrifice to make this happen? So can you, can you visualize the, the, the way that your life is going to be as you're going along on your journey, whether it be losing a hundred pounds or stopping drinking or, you know, whatever it may be, because I I see a lot of people fall off because they weren't properly prepared. They weren't Mm. mentally prepared for what their life was going to be like and what they were going to have to endure as they go along because it's, you know, major change is real hard. And, and so being able to visualize it and, and understand the sacrifices you're going to have to make is a big part of it. I, I, I agree. No, so, so real quick. So, yes. On that note. Yes. Um, <laughs> so you're saying that we got to do a sacrifice. Um, what's the replacement? Because we're doing that thing to fill the void. Mm-hmm. So um, when you sacrifice, are you just going to be empty that whole time? Or is there something that you can really put in in place of it? Well, you have to. There, yeah. there, there has right. to be something that, that's there. So, so what's the thing? Uh, you you, you and, decide. Right. It right. all you, depends you decide. Adrian, on who feel you free are. to lean in at any point in time. Yeah. But uh, you decide. And I can tell you, all of these books talk about you finding the things that bring you joy. Right. You find you. You're very athletic. You, you know, the whole rollerblading incident will bring back on another show. <laughs> Uh, at my house, uh, we're gonna have some shows around communication and, and, and the like. But you, you decide what that looks like. And what Adrian mentioned was basically finding the why. Like, why do you do it today? What you know, and, and kind of being willing to to do some work, finding some people who. Um, 
yeah, can help. Yeah, for sure. And then I, I don't want to cut you off, Adrian. I didn't know if you wanted to jump in on that. Yeah, no, also, I mean, I think the biggest piece is that you've got to recognize, you know, you, you, have to, you have to recognize the things you're doing now is coping, right, period. It's just coping. If you're drinking too much, you're eating too much, you have a bunch of maladaptive things, you're in a, in a relationship that you probably should move on, you're currently actively coping the way you're doing it, right? And it's an afterthought. It's, a, it's an ability to have some insight to be like, oh, this thing that I'm doing to survive is not beneficial to me, right? And so that's the, that's the first piece is that you, you're, you're exactly right. If I take this out of my life, I lose a coping mechanism. I lose an ability to do with what I'm to, – to, to function, right? Um, and, and that game gets us in this space where we say, but I shouldn't have to function this way. I should want to do this. And that should and would kind of a space is not a healthy space either because you can't really climb up with those kind of statements. And so, you know, you want to start in a place where you're currently coping and add new skills really before you take any skills away, right? Like if you're going to say I'm going to, you know, to lose some weight, right, you're not going to say I'm going to cut my calories by a half. Right, you're not going to right. You're not going to. You're not going to say if I if I if I'm functionally drinking to cope with whatever I'm coping with, I'm not going to go cold turkey. Matter of fact, when you look at the addiction literature, when you look at something that's very simple like smoking cessation, like to stopping the smoke, right? The quit day, the day you actually go cold turkey by playing with that number, right? Saying you know let's 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 tailor down before we quit. There's more success in keeping that behavior because you slowly. One learned you could decrease, right? right? And you haven't gone cold turkey. So, like, it's a, it's an it's an it's really the words you guys use. It's a transformation, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not it's and a it, journey. It our journey, our be, dreams, right? Yeah, you can't you can't just close the door on something you want to do because the, uh, and the other side is there's this psychological baggage. Who you are is defined by what you're doing front, mm-hmm. right? And if you cut it off too soon, you will lose intricate pieces to yourself, right? Because you have yeah. to kind of Un- unwind yourself from the thing you don't want to be anymore. Perfect. But if you just say, I'm a drinker, and I do this, I'm an eater, and I do this, and you say, I'm just going to throw away the whole thing. <laughs> well, you throw away the positives as well as the negative. Right. And so and we are, you don't who you have. We are going to come back to that. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, there's so much more we're going to do to peel back this onion. So if you're watching today, know that we're going to continue this conversation. But I really wanted to give Miss Norman... <laughs> an opportunity to talk about your truth and your transformation. So what, what are you here to share with us? What did you have to be true about? What can you share with us, your truth and, and how you transformed? Sure. Uh, thank you again for being yes. on your show. Uh, about in 2013, I had a business partner uh, that brought creativity to what I offered uh, the world in terms of recruiting and consulting. And the creativity that uh, he enlightened me around was about creativity and peace. Mm. And, um, I got, I started a journey of discovery during that moment. I was also working with a client, the Center for Courage and Renewal. Yes. And they do retreats for people who are in giving professions like teachers, mm-hmm. clergymen, hospital workers, uh, because they get burned out quickly. And so they right. need to refresh who they are and then determine if they want to continue down that road in that profession. Right. Uh, so they get some clarity. And so I went on those retreats and I learned a lot about myself and being authentic and sort of Ooh. standing my ground in between chaos uh, as a child, a middle child growing up in a household of chaos. So Ooh. my role, I thought, was to alleviate that chaos by Ooh. trying to uh, placate everybody in the house. So if I knew something would trigger my dad, I would try to remove that trigger f- 
so he wouldn't be triggered. Mm. Uh, or my mom or my brothers and sisters. Uh, and so because of that caring and giving mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. I thought was a, a virtue, it turned out that it wasn't for me. Uh, mm -hmm. It actually was harming me in my 20s and my 30s. Uh, because I did want to give a lot. Uh, I always said yes to things. And uh, the word no was hurtful for me to say. It mm. actually hurt my body to say no. Wow. Um, but then, again, in 2013, I learned that I need to stop doing that. Those things are Set helpful for me. Yes, Set setting boundaries. boundaries was really nice. Yes. A uh, word to hear and, uh, <laughs> and to put into practice. And so the things that we worked on, because I incorporated that in my business. Mm -hmm. So when I coach a client, like I'm coaching Daniel, yes. uh, I say well, we got to sign this contract of language mm -hmm. because this is how I want to mm -hmm. operate this process. And I, they're basically three things. Yes. Uh, to be present, yes. uh, to be respectful, and to be positive. Mm -hmm. And so being positive means exactly that. Uh, using positive words, releasing any negative words, and reframing things in a positive way. Uh, positive thoughts, positive actions, and language. I, I love that because we talk about positive psychology on this show. That is what this is all about. I mean, the research shows absolutely thoughts become things, right? We, we know that for a fact. So I love that. Nice. Be positive. Positive. And then yes. the second is being present. So what happened mm. 10 seconds ago was 10 seconds ago. What wow. happens 10 seconds from now never comes. So mm. tomorrow never comes. And yesterday, I don't know where that's been. It's always <laughs> about being in, the moment. being in the moment. And when you're having conversations, when I have conversations with folks, that's what I try to do is be in the moment with that person. I love it. Um, and then the last is being respectful. And that's respectful to truth. Mm. And that's your truth. We all have different truths. Uh, we can agree that we all have different truths. We can't agree that we all have different facts. That's when we get in trouble, but right. we all have different truths. Right. And so if somebody's <laughs> saying to me, like when I was in the corporate world, that, oh, your work is less than stellar or this or that, a negative thing about me, uh, before I would take that on and wear that. Uh, and now I've realized that that's not my truth. That's their truth. Nice. And then I have to let that go. That's, you know, that's part of the fifth agreement. Like the fifth agreement talks about, um, you know, the four agreements. But he builds on that to say we all have our own story. And there's such freedom. You asked me before, it's like, how do you release, you know, the, the, the energy that comes when you're not heard or when you don't feel like someone's doing what you want them to do? There's freedom in what you just said. There's such freedom mm -hmm. as they have their own story and you have yours. You can't control what they think. You can't control any of that. And there's freedom in just knowing, right? They're the king of their kingdom. They're the king or queen of their own kingdom. And you are the king and queen of yours. And you all play a different role. You're going to see each other differently. So please continue. Yes, and. Yes, yes. I, yeah, I can't not. <laughs> I can't not reference some of the books that we bring in. I can't do that. But thank you. This is, this is the real life. People who are doing this work. Yep. We're living a yep. life. And we incorporate that. So this uh, the heart, body, and mind. Uh, we incorporate that in yes. the in the work that I do as a recruiter and a consultant. I love um, it. Because I want to share what I've learned. It helps, it's helpful to me, and I think it's helpful for others. Uh, so those are the three things that I sort of adhere to. Uh, oh, wait, hold on, my, hold on. So we talked about um, being positive. Being positive. Being present. present. And, you know, again, book number one, Our Journey, Our Dreams, The Art and Science of Being Aware. That's all about mm -hmm. presence. And then getting there. So then I, I you, the second one. Is respectful. Respectful, respecting respect? the truth. So Ooh. your truth and others' truth. And you okay. want to communicate in language of truth, of your truth. And so only speak your truth as you know it. If you know it's not to be true, then you should probably let it go. Nice. Uh, you need to let it go. Uh, if it's other people's truth, again, if it's I not yours, that. it doesn't resonate with you, let it go as well. I so only listen it. for truth and speak truth. I love it. So what's happening right now, Mike, is my video is not working. So what I'm going to ask you to do is at some point I'm going to have 
Um, anyone else who wants to, we're going to go into our surrender and soar moment. Okay. And so I have him play this song. It's called, you can just do a kind of a wide shot real quick, Mike. But um, the, the song is called um, Give Myself Away. And as we come back, we have eight minutes left. Can you believe how fast that hour went? Um, we want NJ to talk a little bit about her experience uh, real quick. So in, in like, just if you can get the song ready. But can you tell us a little bit about your experience, the drinking um, and kind of the, the, just the, the fast version of where you are and where you want to be? And then we're going to come back to you on a whole nother show as well. But your truth and what transformation are you trying to make? So my truth would be that um, I probably I started off early. Um, typical like high school like you going to parties and um, kind of got comfortable drinking and realized that it was something that really helped me um, be more comfortable in my own skin hmm. and um, is that a story that you're telling yourself it, it, it's what I felt like I was just um, and to go more in depth on that would be I was able to use it to function in um, different careers until it's progressive until I took, you know, I was like, you need more and more and more of it until um, it was pretty destructive in my life. So now I'm at the point of my transformation where I really want to be dependent on nothing. Nice. Um, you don't want to. Th this is what I love about this. And Adrian, I'm going to come to you. Then we're going to go do, do this little um, Transform, transitional song but you want to be dependent on nothing on, on nothing and, mm -hmm. and you you we, we all talked about feeling the feelings I think you mentioned when you came to your truth and you mentioned the same thing Norman as well like you, you now allow yourself to feel the feelings mental health is so important and this is about it's okay not being okay mm -hmm. right so it's okay Adrian help us out here it's okay not to be okay. You're standing standing in for Dr. Tart, right? She says that all the time, the importance of mental health. So so it's okay for her not to be okay, for us to sit in that, you know, that, that feeling. So, so I usually, so exactly. I mean, I, what I usually say is that emotions are like waves, all of them. So both happiness, sadness, any emotion that you can actually find or talk about, and they actually have to be emotions, but they're like waves. That means they're, they're going to come to a spot where they're not there, then they arise, they will peak, and then they'll go down, right? And so what most people do is they typically get into a motion that they like and they try to keep it up, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm happy right now mm -hmm. and I want to stay happy all the time. Yeah. Well, the reality is if it's a wave, you're going to peak and you're going to come back down. And the good thing about waves is they're going to continue to come. Same thing with sadness, same thing with the things that make us upset. They're going to, they're going to peak, they're going to feel really bad, but then they're going to go away, right? The mm -hmm. frequency of the waves might talk about the life we're living, the traumas that we might have had, the things that we're doing, right, are the things that we do to try to keep up the positive ways, right? And so right. It, it, the idea of being dependent on nothing is really just being clear with where you're at, right? And so I liken it to throwing yourself into an ocean. And if you're in an ocean, right, you wouldn't say, I just want the oceans to be still. You would either say, I've got to learn how to swim, I I've got to learn that. how to uh, surf, or I've got to get that. out of the water. Right. I, I love that. Because you can't control the waves as much as you can control your behaviors in them. Mm. And so that, that's, that's really what I would kind of push you to see. Mission accomplished. Guys, we have four minutes. I'm going to ask each of you to be prepared to say the one thing you think that might help others who have three minutes, according to Mike. So, again, <laughs> this book, this book, Oprah's book, which is called The Path Made Clear, Discovering Your Life's Direction and Purpose. What's really interesting about what you just said is in my in my 
first book, Our Journey, Our Dreams, I talk a lot about the train. I have the Wakanda lady here in the background with me uh, because we think about that, that super-powered Wakanda train. And the work I'm doing is basically bi-coastal. So there's work happening in Florida and here, you know, and the, and the West Coast and, and, and Southeast um, corner of the nation. And I'm like, we can do this work. We can change the world. Um, but it's really not a train because tracks are laid with the trade, right? That's maybe one visual. Um, it could be the ocean. She talks about like the air. One of her chapters is around the air, like air currents. If you think about eagles, right? And, and Deepak talking about the, the seven laws of spiritual success, air currents, right? Eagles fly. And, and, and the, the, the law of least effort says birds don't try to fly, right? Fish don't try to swim. They just do it, right? And the, to your point, Adrian, they know that there's going to be some waves in that process. So real quick, I'm going to ask for a 10-second statement or word from each of you, statement that you think could help each person. Sean, I don't know if you're still on. I asked her not to stay on for the whole time. I think she had another engagement. Adrian, we're going to close with you, but I'm going to start with you. Yeah. What word would you say that helped you that you think can help others on their being truthful and transforming? I'd say be honest and then reach out to those people that can support you and the people that care about you in your community. I love it. Miss um, Miss. NJ, any, anything? I know you're in transition, but what, what's helping you to just be honest right now? Um, I would agree. I would say um, in my weakness, I'm strong because I'm realizing that I'm weak and reaching out to those that can help me. So that's been That's why that's you're here. Yeah. That's actually why you're here. And, and thank you for being so honest. Thank you. Mr. Norman? Yes, I'll focus on the, the third thing. It's just the respectful truth and listening to truth and listening to your truth and others' truth. In this world of craziness around facts and non-facts and news and fake news, uh, it's going to be really important for people to really understand what their truths are. I love it. And just the FYI on the what and the how. What is, Oprah says, when you know the truth, you feel it. Deepak tells you how to get there. Basically, it's through meditation. And Adrian, any final words would you, that you'd like to share? Just to be compassionate to yourself. Mm -hmm. right? um, we're, we're, really, we're our worst critics often. Thank um, you. For just compassion. Thank you so much. This is Tracy Harrell with Bigger Than Me, and we look forward to having you come back next week. Thank you all for being here today, and you find your truth, and we expect you to live your best life.